In their own words, a collection of Mormon quotations is a valuable resource when wanting to know what Mormon leaders have said on a number of topics related to the LDS faith. Compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever, In Their Own Words is available at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, we hope you enjoy this repeat broadcast. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM, a topic that we have talked about before on this show, but one that I think needs to be revisited has to do with the gold plates. Now, Eric, you had posted a conversation that I had with a very nice LDS lady out on the streets of Manti, and that conversation seems to get a lot of attention by Latter-day Saints. Yeah, I actually have several of you, probably six or seven over these last years, of you talking to people about your gold plates, your demonstration of, of a replica set of plates that are made of steel. of what, Sheet metal. They're mm-hmm. made of sheet metal. Yeah. And uh, so you ask people to heft these plates, so to speak, and uh, these 80-pound plates, people oftentimes have a hard time raising them up, and then you can explain that, well, if the gold plates really were made of gold, based on a six of a cubit foot, which is what the size would have been, six by eight by six, that would have been 200 pounds. And then people get a physical demonstration of how heavy 80 pounds is, and even what 200 pounds is, because it's just not a normal weight in such a condensed area for people to be able to pick that up and be able to run, as Joseph Smith's mother said he did, and go through three miles without having any problem, apparently, of taking these plates with him. And we should mention that we get the three-mile distance between the Smith home and where Smith allegedly picks the plates up, or at least hides them in the hollow log before he goes back to get them. That's Joseph Smith's mother that says that. That's where we get the three-mile distance. But certainly it was a long distance, whether it was exactly three, a little bit less, a little bit more. We don't really know. We're just going by what his mother said. And I don't know of any Mormon manual that really refutes that. They seem to take her story and they go with it. So fine. But we have here a number of people who have listened to my encounter with this LDS woman in this particular case. And as you said, there's others of me talking about this issue because I've been doing this for so long at the Mormon Miracle Pageant. And unfortunately, that's going to be coming to an end in 2019. So this opportunity is going to be lost. And it's too bad because I think I have caused a lot of Latter-day Saints to seriously examine my arguments And hopefully they see that I have a point. And I have not heard as of this day any Mormon apologists really addressing the arguments that I raise. They dance around all these other things and they make up stories to try and make it fit. Which I find amazing because when a Mormon has to start adding details to the story that the story never contained, it shows that they're backpedaling. And I think that's important to note. But we have this gentleman here, Robert Fuston. He spells it F-U-S-T-I-N. Normally, we would not use a person's first and last name, but this is on a public forum. This is a comment that he wrote on YouTube, 
And Mr. Fustin, I'm going to challenge your assumptions. We're going to read through your rebuttal, and I am going to show that I don't think your rebuttal is really a very good one. So let's go through it, and let's examine what Mr. Fustin, what Robert says I am doing wrong when it comes to the conversation that I had with this Mormon lady. This is what he writes. If you check, there's very few references that the plates were ever made of pure gold or of gold at all, and those references do not actually exist as a direct reference. Let me stop you there, Eric, because first of all, I don't even know what he means by the last part of that sentence. But let me let me go through that sentence. There are very few references that the plates were ever made of pure gold or of gold at all. Of gold at all? Now, if he's trying to say that they just talked about metal plates and never mentioned what type of metal the plates were made of, I'm going to say, sorry, Mr. Fuston, but you're absolutely incorrect. There are numerous places where the plates are described as being made of gold. Now, you can assume that they were talking about a gold alloy, and that's fine because I address that argument every time I'm out there with my gold plates, with my replica gold plates. But when he says that there's few references that the plates were ever made of pure gold, I'll give him that. And I think the reason why we don't find a lot of these Mormon leaders using the phrase pure gold or solid gold is because it's assumed that the plates were made of gold. I mean, I do have a quote here from Franklin D. Richards, who was a Mormon apostle, and I assume that an apostle in the Mormon church is a much higher position that maybe Robert Fuston now holds in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if he is, in fact, a current member, which I'm assuming that he is. But here we have a Mormon apostle, Franklin D. Richards, in a conference message stating that the plates were made of pure gold. This is what he writes. In the course of time, when the people became wicked again, after having had a long period of the greatest happiness of any people on earth, a celebrated prophet by the name of Mormon, a righteous man, distinguished among his people for his virtues, his intelligence, and his power of priesthood, received instructions from the Lord to write the history of his people in an abridged form before destruction should come upon them. He did so and wrote it upon plates of pure gold and in the language called the Reformed Egyptian. Now here we have a Mormon apostle using the phrase pure gold. Was he incorrect? Did he make a mistake when he said this in a general conference message? Now this is not the only time that that kind of an expression was made. And, and I will freely admit, I know that there are other Mormon leaders who probably wouldn't have used that phrase, and maybe even some Mormon leaders who disagreed vehemently with this idea that the plates were made of pure gold. But here we have a Mormon apostle saying that. But yet we know that John Witzow, who was also a Mormon apostle, and we're speaking of John Andreas Witzow, he wrote a Mormon pamphlet with a man by the name of Franklin S. Harris titled Seven Claims of the Book of Mormon. Witzow assumes that the plates were probably not pure gold because he understands that pure gold plates would, for one, as he says, would have been too soft and in danger of destruction by distortion. And I've used that argument, too. If the plates were made of gold and Joseph Smith gets in a scuffle with three people from the 
time he takes the plates out of the hollow log till the time he arrives at home, three separate times he's attacked by men trying to take the plates from him. And my argument that I raise on the streets is if Joseph Smith was to have dropped the plates, if they were in fact made of a pure gold, they would have been destroyed had they landed on, let's say, a corner or on the edges. It would have been so soft, it would have destroyed any writing that was near the edges of those particular plates. So I understand the problem with this, but I'm going by what these men have actually said. And again, going back to what I said earlier, when you have Mormons start adding details to the story that the story never includes, you know they are at a disadvantage. And I do admit, there is a contradiction here, whether they were made of pure gold or an alloy. Bill, I think we need to point out that Joseph Smith History, chapter 1, verse 34, which is part of the Mormon canon called the Standard Works, this is what Moroni, the angel who used to be a man and later becomes an angel, says to Joseph Smith. He said there was a book deposited written upon gold plates, giving an account of the former inhabitants of the continent. Now, you have to ask the question, why would he have used the term gold plates? Would he not have known what the plates were made of when his father, Mormon, supposedly put these plates together? So I think, number one, we have to verify whether it's pure gold or not. We're not arguing that right now. We're just saying they're made of gold. And when John Witso goes and says, well, it couldn't have been pure. They would have weighed 200 pounds. It would have been a heavy weight. So he goes on, and this is found in Seven Claims of the Book of Mormon, pages 37 and 38, that he wrote with Franklin S. Harris, Jr. He goes on and he says, well, there's a 10% space between the leaves. Then the total weight of the plates would not be above 117 pounds, a weight easily carried by a man as strong as was Joseph Smith. Now, I would argue that John A. Witso and Mr. Harris here, Franklin S. Harris, make the same exact mistake many modern Latter-day Saints make. They come up with these arbitrary, in this case, space between the plates. Who says that? Why 10%? Mormon apologists today will tell us, no, it wasn't 10%. It was 50%. Right. 50% airspace between each plate. Are we going to assume that there was a 50% air gap through the entire six inches of plates, even the portion that was sealed? Again, they have to add that into the narrative. Why? They know the narrative, the way it's been told historically, doesn't make sense. It's difficult to defend. So when he says allowing a 10% space between the leaves, the total weight of the plates would not be above 117 pounds, a weight easily carried by a man as strong as was Joseph Smith. I would say, John Witso, Franklin Harris, I challenge you on that. And I would say, no, that's not an easy weight for anybody to carry. And the reason I know this is because this has been demonstrated. It has been repeated. As we have mentioned on this show several times, Sandra Tanner at the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore, where you and I volunteer on Saturdays, has a replica set of plates. Hers are made of lead. Mine are made of sheet metal. Naturally, lead is heavier than sheet metal. Amazing. The number that Witso and Harris come up with is 117 pounds. 
Sandra's plates are 118 pounds. Try to lift them at 118 pounds, and then you tell me with a straight face that this was a weight easily carried by a man as strong as was Joseph Smith. And you're right, modern apologists from the Mormon Church, uh, scholars or whatever you want to call them, they come up with this 50% arbitrarily, this space between the leaves. And what does Witso do? He still holds that they're gold, but he makes them go to 8 carat. Well, why 8 carat? Why not 2 carat? I mean, how much percentage of the plates need to be gold in order for them to be called gold? But that's how he's able to eliminate the weight, and still he comes up with a weight that no modern apologist is going to say the plates weighed, because people realize 117 pounds is still too much for a man to carry. Well, I think even Apostle Witso understands that if you're going to take the metal of the plates and take it from being a pure gold to an alloy, it still has to have a certain percentage of gold in it because as we have demonstrated several times in talking to LDS people, even their own Reed Putnam, who's the go-to guy when it comes to this, he's an LDS metallurgist, even Putnam realized you had to have a certain percentage of gold in the mix Otherwise, you would have electrolysis start to form, and that would be a destruction of the plates. And over a given period of time, as many years as those plates were allegedly buried in the ground, they would tend to self-destruct if they did not have enough gold content within them. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.